Leading us off, it's the morning show as the two discuss Watson as the face of the franchise. Good, bad, ugly, mm-hmm. whatever it is, he's the face of the franchise. However, I think here, I think a lot of people would say Nick Chubb first, Miles, Miles Garrett, Garrett, and I don't even think it's – some of it, yes, has to do with they, they just don't like him. They either like Baker Mayfield before, or they don't like what he's alleged to have done or anything like that. They don't like that. But I also think there is part of it where he played six games last year and he didn't look great. And I think a lot of fans go, well, I've been holding water for quarterbacks before, and they just ain't going to get fooled again. And so they, we put our lot in with Nick Chubb. I think that to fans here in Cleveland, I bet Nick Chubb is the face and, of the franchise. I, I think nationally, without a doubt, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I, I want to get to the phones here real quick because I, I'm, I'm really interested. If you are a fan, let's say you were in that Baker contingent. We don't call you what we used to call you, but you were – really stubborn, and then you saw them make the move to Deshaun Watson, and you were horrified, and then you saw how he played, and you were doubly horrified. You see that the organization is now making him front-facing. They just weren't last year. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. They, they they weren't. They couldn't. It was you, weird. You, you can't Reset a, was the starter. He's suspended for 11 he games. He was suspended for 11 games. Yeah. But even this offseason, they really didn't. I mean, but now here comes the blitz, social media. No matter how much criticism they're getting with their social media account and the fact that every response to every positive Deshaun Watson tweet is, you guys should be ashamed of yourself, whatever. They just have to deal with it now. That's the way it's going to be. Are you ready as a fan, if you were on the fence, are you ready now for this team to make that full commitment going forward? It's Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. I'm ready. I don't know that every fan is ready, but I'm ready. I have, in recent weeks, come to the realization that Deshaun Watson could legitimately talk about saving a bunch of puppies in a fire, and people would turn around and be like, but he's a predator, and he's the worst, and it's like, there's just no winning. So if you're Deshaun Watson, it's fine. Surround yourself with a bunch of bobbleheads, a bunch of yes-men, get yourself in a situation where you don't look on social media at all, and turn the page. And I think that's what he's trying to do. And you know what? I think he's doing a decent job at it. And I would bet he might not be your face of the franchise locally in Cleveland yet. But give it six weeks into the regular season. With this offense, with this defense, give it six weeks. He goes through that AFC North. If he starts sniping off wins against the Ravens and the Bengals, you're going to have a different tune. Promise you that. All right, next up, it's Nick and Dustin as Dustin shaved down to a mustache. So you guys got to understand. I got some dad vibes going. You, got, you guys got to understand, Dusty with a mustache just hits different. All right? He said something before the show that was mildly stern, but because of the mustache, I was like, oh, I should listen to this. I, like, Pay attention. It, yeah, I was like, oh, you. there's a different level of stern. What do we with think that about mustache. this horse? Uh, we think that horse is going to win because of that mustache. Yeah. That's what we think. And you know what? I wasn't going to say this on air. You can say it. But you unveiled it in the best possible way. Oh, I... (laughs) So, I didn't really plan that, but as I was trying... So, Nick walked in on the... uh, You walked in on me. (laughs) Sort of. Uh, For the the next time. We were in the back studio, and we're getting ready to, uh, as Keith mentioned yesterday, record an interview. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which we did. Which we were very much looking forward to. And I was trying to get the television working, 
and Nick walks in, and we're having a conversation, but my back is to you. Yeah, for like a good, like, what, five minutes? It was like three. Yeah, it was it was three to five minutes. I, I It felt like an eternity. And then I realized, oh, he can't see me. And I was in the middle. I was just it in was, the middle of talking. Babbling about nothing. It, literally, the, the least important thing in the world. And I finally was like, oh, I might talk about something that matters before we get ready for the show. And he turns around, and I don't, I don't even care what we talked about before. Because it was the best reveal. It's like if you watch a TLC show. Way and better like, than the Browns uniforms. If you like watch a TLC show and they're like, all right, I think it's time we finally say. And then it's like, on the other side, you'll find out why John hates Kate. And like, and then you get it right at the reveal when you come back. from. That's what it was. Yeah. It was like the other side of a TLC commercial break. And, and here we beautiful. are. Here we are. I like the mustache. I think he looks like a retired detective from Florida. I think it's a good look for Dustin. I would never go that route myself. I've never done a mustache. I couldn't pull it off. It's just not who I am. I go uh, stubble, and then I go, and basically that's about it. And sometimes you get lazy, and it just it just turns into a beard. But it, it's basically stubble into beard. As a kid growing up, I always thought goatee would be awesome because Mark Ray is my favorite baseball player of all time. I always thought pulling off a goatee would be great, but then 2023 doesn't, they don't really do goatees like that. Some people have them, and they have them, they can pull them off. But uh, you you know if you're a goatee guy, you're not a goatee guy. I'm not a goatee guy, even though I desperately wanted to be. All right, Cannon Lima on Tim Bontep's report that Donovan Mitchell could be traded this offseason. He just threw in there casually, like, I don't see any way that Donovan Mitchell wants to stay there after this year. Oh, I was going to take the long way to get to that, please. What if Evan Mobley is incredible, makes that leap, is all of a sudden aggressive offensively, is hitting threes, and they go to the Eastern Conference Finals this year? What are you talking about that, that Donovan Mitchell wouldn't want to say? That? Well, of course I he would. Keep, I keep looking at That'd the That would be the point. best scenario that, in the NBA the for him to scenario. go to outside yeah. of joining, like, Giannis, which he can't. There's, there's really no way yeah. for that to happen. Like, this would be the best situation ever that for Donovan Mitchell. That is a great Mitchell. situation. That's a fabulous point of it. I, I looked at it from another standing, and I looked at it from the New York standing. We've brought this up several times. If they were to trade for Donovan Mitchell... What are, first off, what are they going to give us? Second of all, are we, what do we want in return? Because we're a win now type of basketball team. And the other point of it is, is would they want the same problem that the Cavs have with their backcourt, a team that they beat in five games? They're just going to sign up for that because it's Donovan Mitchell? No. Okay, Brooklyn is a possibility. The question is, does he want to play for Brooklyn? Because there's guys who want to play in L.A. They want to play for the Lakers. Yeah, technically he's home, but it's not the Knicks. Exactly. So he can play in Brooklyn, and they have a very nice arena, according to what I'm told, but it's not the Knicks. And he, I'm sure he grew up a Knicks fan. I'm sure he feels that way about it personally. I'm sure he probably feels that way about it right now. But as we see in life, things change over the course of a year. So you're right. Tim Bontemp says he doesn't see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals. That, that, that's the whole justification of what he's saying. But I think a lot of things can change, and I'm just already annoyed by the entire conversation of it. I am too. Uh, it's, it's baseball realignment and Donovan Mitchell trade discussions that just really just bother the living daylights out of me. I, I can't explain why. I just he's not going anywhere. And Anthony's right. If they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, then he's definitely not going anywhere. But he's not going anywhere this off season. We are wasting time if you have that discussion, in my estimation. We go back to Nick and Dustin. The two of them talked about comedians and what makes them laugh. You ever seen Chappelle live? I have not. I I wanted to see him when he was in town I, the last time. I've always wanted to go to his shows in Dayton where it's like, is it on his property or he, is it? So he 
has property down near Dayton. Yeah. And I've got a friend who somehow got lucky enough to get tickets to that show, which is like a super intimate private thing. Yeah. Um, it's like 100 people. Yeah. <laughs> people. Hippo. That's all I want. Yeah. I'd love that. I uh, We saw Melanie at the queue for my birthday in September. And you just always forget. Like, I'll be honest with you. Comedians, like going to a stand-up show, even the bad ones give me something. So, like, when you see a great comedian, it's it's manna because it's so tight and it's just so well thought out and constructed, and it's great. But even when you see somebody just trying to figure stuff out, you get something out. Like, there's just something about watching somebody die on the vine that is also good. And that's not even talking about a guy like Dave Chappelle who's just yeah. – like, Dave is the number one. Like, to, I, to me, he's my number one. Yeah. Like, I think Mulaney's in the top ten right now. Not a fan of him. Really? Why not? Yeah. Just don't think he's funny. Interesting. It's just not my thing. It's just not your thing. That's okay. We can we can, uh, we can have different tips. Bill Burr fan. Bill's good. Yeah, Bill's really good. Bill's definitely in the top five right now. And he is and he has perfected the lane of I'm just going to say something that nobody likes. Yeah. Like because I, I think the problem that comedians fall in line with now is I'm just going to play one side of the fence, and it's just not interesting. It's just if you only if your if your stand up comedy is driven off your political beliefs and the right down the line, it's not interesting. I agree with that. I like the comic that'll just make everyone mad. But more importantly, I just like the comic that, I, you know, when it comes to Mulaney, when it comes to Chappelle, those are two of my favorites. I love them. I love them both. I think they're both exceptional, and they're both exceptional for different reasons. I don't know that I will ever see a big time co- uh, comedian act ever again, though. It's too sculpted for what I prefer. I- I'll watch them on Netflix. I'm not spending the $300, $250, whatever it costs now, because these things are way too expensive. They're like music artists when it comes to the expense for some of these guys. But it's too sculpted. It's too it's too marble perfect for me. I- I'd rather go to Hilarities. I'd rather go to a local spot and then watch someone that is trying some things out, but also throwing some of the sculpted stuff in there to, to guarantee the laughs. But it's going to go and do topical humor. Like one of the one of the funniest people I've ever seen. I went to see Aziz and Zari, and he was not what was funny. Gerard Carmichael opened for Aziz in Houston, and he did ten minutes about local Houston jokes that absolutely destroyed. It was the funniest thing I'd ever heard, and I loved it so much because it was so you could tell he thought of it that day, and he could only use it once, and then it was done. That's the stuff I like. All right, Dan and Phelps on leadership for the Browns. You're an adult. Like, I, I don't know how else I need to put this. You're a professional athlete and you're an adult. If you need rah-rah speeches at this point to get anything done, while they're nice and they're great and all of those things, you're a professional football player. You have 17 times a year to show how good you are at what you do to get the next contract, to get the next money. If the idea that every single one of you is on a year-to-year contract in the NFL, the land of non-guaranteed contracts, and you still need motivation past that, that's a you problem. That's not a defensive end problem. That's not a cornerback problem. That's not a coach problem. That's a you problem. I know if if I were an NFL player, I would watch a guy like Miles Garrett and consider him a leader more than elite. And this is just for my personality. If I played with Ray Lewis, it would have driven me nuts. Like, oh my God, Ray, calm down, man. You're going to pop a blood vessel. And that is 
the fan focus.